Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, welcome to Tell Me Tales podcast. Thanks for joining me for another week. Sorry this episode's going out a bit later in the week than usual. It's been a crazy week. I uh, worked full-time this week and we launched the Inside Running podcast with Julian and Brad this week, so a bit of stuff to get organised for that one. So um, yeah, it was just a bit of a crazy week where I felt I was just trying to chase my tail around the whole time, but hey, it's Sunday and um, last day of the week. Hopefully this gets to a few people before they go out for their Sunday morning long run. If not, I'm sure you'll find time to listen to it. Um, this week's guest is Andy Allison. He's back. He's um, He was the very first person I ever recorded with with the Tell Me Your Tales podcast earlier in the year in Feb. And um, his show got some really good feedback and I really wanted to get him back on the show. I talked to Andy most days, even though I only met him at the start of the year and I like to think I've got a pretty good connection with him and he's a guy it's really easy to speak to and yeah we got pretty deep in this conversation. He's had some life experiences and um, we kind of just spoke about stress and you know tips for living a meaningful life and uh, exercise and kind of community and yeah we kind of spoke about some books and some different other podcasts that we've been listening to and things we've learned and yeah it was just a nice conversation that we had on a Saturday evening and I hope you guys enjoy listening into it. I think there's so many great things you could take from this, whether it be the resources or the books or the podcasts that we're talking about and just little tips that um, you can implement in your life, especially the stuff about you know talking about your stress levels to other people and yeah, trying just to, to get some time out away from the world. Anyway guys, I hope you enjoy this chat with Andy Allison on Telling Your Tales. Cheers. Rightio, I'm back with Andy Allison, the very first uh, person I interviewed on the podcast, and we meet again. How are you, mate? Righty, I'm great, mate. Great to be back on. Bit shattered we're not face-to-face. It was uh, so much better sitting at your kitchen table uh, back in Hobart. Actually, this is your third time on, because remember we did that breaking two thing? 
We did, yep. This yeah. is number three, yep. yeah. Skype's not as good, but um, and I feel you lose some of that. You can't kind of see people's facial expressions and know when to butt in, but I think we'll hopefully make it work tonight. Should be good. I think we'll be okay, yeah. Talk us through Saturday. What have you been doing? Oh, Saturday was um was pretty cruisy, really. I had a, I woke up and wasn't really feeling like going out for the session straight away. I was just feeling a bit tired and sluggish. I had a day off yesterday, like a day off running, and I just didn't really feel super motivated. So I just got up and I was talking to you about it first thing. Do I go and do the session straight away? Do I have a coffee and a bowl of muesli? And I, the muesli and the coffee ended up winning. So I, I did that and uh, waited a couple of hours, potted around the house a bit, did some did some release work and some activation stuff, and then then headed out for my hill session. No regrets there. Like, did you get to um, break your finish and it's sitting in your stomach and you got to give it a couple of hours thinking you could have been halfway through your session and finished early? No, no, I didn't actually because, um, uh, yeah, it gave me, gave me a good hour to get on the roller and the spiky ball and do some activation stuff and, you know, stuff that I, I, I should probably have been doing anyway, so that was good. And then by the time I went out... Um, it's sort of warmed up a little bit. It's freezing here at the moment. Like it's, we've had a winter, bit of a winter snap. So um, no, it was good. And I actually felt okay. It was really funny. I felt okay in the warm up. I did some strides. I came back and chucked those um, zoom flies on. I did some strides on the way down the the hill roof, and I was I was feeling really good. And I thought, oh, I'm on for a good day here. And then I get down and do a a hill stride up the uh, hill that I'm doing it up, and there's just a, a gale just howling down the street like a massive headwind and i'm thinking oh this is this is not going to be great fun because it's a it's a it's a tough session as is you know it's um we we're doing six by it's just over 600 meters average is about six and a half to seven percent yeah and right. really and really really ramps up at the end and but just down the bottom the first half of it was just yeah like a wind tunnel and um yeah i really struggled with it but managed to get them managed to get them all out and and um i'd had a bit of a a tender Achilles after Wednesday long session and and gym and and that's why I took the day, a precautionary day off yesterday. But that was all good during the session, so no, it worked out okay. Yeah, um, do you do hills often on that one, or is it a bit of a favourite? Yeah, no, it's um, something I was doing a fair bit before Lonnie Ten and Gold Coast, and it seemed to work um, serve me quite well. We, we only did about four of them back then, though, just a little bit more quality, sort of a little bit higher speed and a little bit more quality, and we'd do that probably every second Thursday in place of a flex session. And how do you find the hills? Like, are they a favourite when you see them coming up on the training schedule or hate them? Oh, yeah, normally I love it. Yeah, normally right. I love it. It was just today that, that that wind was, yeah, the wind was just so bad. And I was telling you just um, before we started recording that I could see the flags up on the, about three quarters of the way up on the hill on the top of the um, the school building and they were just pointing straight at me. So that was a bit of a... Uh, it was messing with my mind a little bit early on, so I, I had a couple of uh, couple of moments where I was swearing at the wind on the first couple of reps and managed to managed to get it done though. Do you do it solo or have someone else helping you out? Ah, solo today. Solo. Yeah, tough session. Hills solo. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I did them um, the week before with um, a local guy who's very strong, Mark Gates. Um, he's like more like an eight hundred meter or track runner, but super strong and. So we did some hills up at the domain, and it's much more sheltered there, and it's not not anywhere near as steep as well. But that was great. We did that with some threshold running in between the sets, so that was actually yeah quite interesting. Whereas today was just yes six uh, six hill reps, just a an absolute uh, just a big grind. So 
Mm. Well, that's a good lead-in because uh, you're back. Like, last time listeners would have heard from you, good result at um, around the bridge, got injured. You got injured after that too, didn't you? And then had some Well, I was, injured go- I was injured going yeah, into that. That's yeah. right. And then, we, yeah, got through that, had a blinder that day, and then yep. got back for Lonnie 10, but you were crook, and then got back for a pretty decent run at Gold Coast, and ever since Gold Coast, you missed quite a lot of time. Yeah, yeah, I've spent um, since... Well, July second, yeah, I've I've probably had too many blocks of running of mm. four weeks just before I went to California, and then I'm on my third week back now. So yeah, probably seven seven proper weeks of running since July. Yeah, so I've had a, a pretty pretty tough go of it. How you handling all that? Like, I guess in hindsight, that's going to get to well, not in hindsight, in like future looking, you're going to get to New Year's Eve. And you're going to be right, like run a pretty big 10k PB and a big half marathon PB. So is that success for 2017, even though you've been injured for a big chunk of it? Oh uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I'll learn a lot from it. Huh. Um, you know, but uh, I think I've put things in place since Gold Coast that probably needed to get put in place um, to allow me to run. So while I've been injured for a lot of the last couple of months, I've been in a pretty good headspace because. I knew it was something that I needed to do, and that was to get in the gym um, and do some proper dedicated strength work and working out some of these imbalances that I have in my my biomechanics. So that's been a a big tick, and that's why I think I've been able to come back so quickly this time because while I'm not very fit, I'm I'm pretty strong from, from being in the gym a couple of times a week and doing a lot of activation stuff probably three or four times a week. So that was a good kicking the bum that I needed to do that. And I do that with a great little squad of, um, there's a real mix, there's 800 metre runners, there's 15, 3K, there's a guy training for a marathon, a 400 metre runner, so it's really good. And that's with a, a great trainer called um, Jack Lipperton, a, a girl from Canada, and she's amazing. So she looks after us really well. So you go together, it's like a training session. Yeah, we go Wednesday night together to the gym. And then she sets us another program to do normally on like the Friday or Saturday that I do at home. So I've got everything I need at home because it's, it's all fairly basic. It's like uh, band work and, and kettlebells and resistance training, that kind of stuff. That'd be pretty good because um, going to the gym solo and putting the iPod in and walking amongst all the uh, muscly men that are in there and can be quite intimidating is a bit of a world that certainly intimidates me and one of the ones I don't really want to get into even though I know how good it would be for me. But I imagine going with a group of runners would be um, good fun, socially and a bit of banter as well. Oh, so much banter. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> that's what that's what it mainly is. But Jack sort of keeps us in line. Her her eye, her, her, um, her expertise of being able to see exactly what we're doing and being able to correct anything that we're doing even slightly incorrectly is just so beneficial. So you know you're getting 70 minutes of just of quality work, whereas if you go to the gym by yourself, go to a Zap or a 24-hour gym or something like that, you, you get distracted. You might look at your iPod or you might just be going through the motions, whereas this is just 70 minutes of, of really good quality. And, and that's what you need when you're doing specific um, – weight training for running it needs to be really specific like it's all about the biomechanics and the loading and and all that kind of stuff so i know jules has had a lot of 
lot of success with his trainer. Yeah, he's a guru now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I reckon that was a, a big part of his success at Berlin. Well, it kind of goes back to that Salazar stuff, doesn't it? Like, you always used to see those flow track videos of those guys doing heaps of um, stuff in the gym, and obviously it's working for them, maybe with a few other um, things as well. But it's definitely something, uh, if you want to get the best out of yourself, you should be doing, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. But what I what I found was that, I mean, the the biggest um, improvement it's done for me was fixing my neural problems I had in my back. It was it's plagued me since I started running pretty much a year or two in because I took up running so late when I was about thirty, and then I, I got these neural conditions in my back which just sent all these pains and shock waves down my leg, and I had so many tests and steroid shots and all kinds of stuff, and they could never fix it, and that's why I ended up quitting running and. Uh, bought a bike and rode uh, just uh, rode a bike for four years because I just couldn't get rid of it and then I managed to sort of work around it but now it's gone since I've been in the gym it's it's totally gone like I've got full strength through my left hand side and through my back again and the latest setback I've had was just um, while I was in California I'd had a bit of a, a tight psoas tendon going before I went over there and then a long haul flight and just heaps of driving um, and a lot of walking just sort of set it off and that's what set my a, a different back injury up and that's what I've been recovering from the last um, the last month or so. Mm, those flights are killers, aren't they, when you're on the plane for like 14 hours or whatever, just uh, in the seat and up three times? It's, um, yeah, shocker. yeah. Uh, it's not good for you not good for you at all back to the original question though like yeah so andy allison 2000 end of 2017 now he's done this gym work you know figured out this biomechanic stuff even though it was at the cost of being injured and still got a 10k pb and a half marathon pb maybe injury is a blessing in disguise a bit a hundred percent look when i came back when i decided to start running again we probably touched on it um when we had our first chat when i when i decided to come back right yeah, when I decided to come back running, which was January or February of last year when I was living in Melbourne, when I, I thought I, I want to have another crack at it because I felt like I had some unfinished business. So I never dreamed of being able to run what I did this year for the 10 or the half. I mean, they were dreams, but they weren't something that I was seriously considering being able to do again. So, yeah, I'd say two, 2017 has been a success. Like, mm. I've learned a lot. I've hit two really good goals that, I was to stop now. I, I reckon I could look back on that and go, yeah, I was pretty, pretty happy on, on where I got to in my running career. But now I know that with this, uh, getting my back right and being in the gym and learning how to overcome injuries and hopefully prevent injuries uh, uh, going going forward, I think yeah, I'm I'm sort of excited about where I can go next year. What are you thinking next year? Like, are you going to get on the track over the summer and stuff? or? Yeah, yeah, as soon as I get – I'm going to run Point to Pinnacle down here in a couple of weeks. That's the uh, the half marathon that runs from the Rest Point Casino to the top of Mount Wellington, yeah. so a bit over, bit over 1,300 metres of elevation gain. So I'll do that because it's such an iconic run for the for the city. And, um, 1,300, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, the, the mountain's 1,270 – above sea level the pinnacle and so yeah you take in just over that 1300 meters so yeah it's pretty brutal there's not too many flat parts of it so i'm not i'm not fit i'm not fit enough to be racing an event like that but i'm 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 fairly strong that i can probably go in and have a decent crack at it and i'm hoping the the benefits that i'll get from a run like that under my belt will will set me up for a yeah a good track season i want to 
I want to hit the tracks as soon as I finish that and do some threes and some fives. Have they jazzed it up and stuff as well this year, Point to Pinnacle? Like I remember seeing their website when it did they launch a new website and it looked really kind of um kind of almost hipster and a bit of a drive to kind of get people down there this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, that was it. the website's had a big overhaul and they've added in the, the point to pub event That's as right. well. Just um opposite where uh, a lot of Hobartians start their long run from the pipeline. Opposite that, there's a pub called the Fern Tree Tavern. And so the the point to pub's about 10Ks from the casino, so you're pretty much climbing the whole way, but you don't get the, the really punishing part of turning onto uh, Pinnacle Road because it's pretty much the race is in the last 7.5Ks. I think it's like a if it was a cycling event, it'd be an above category climb. So you you climb. I think it averages about eight or nine percent for that last seven seven and a half k's. Yeah, right. Who's coming? Do you know any elites? They got two grand prize money. I'm just on their website now. It's good cash. Yeah, absolutely. Good cash, thousand per second. Yeah, it's real good. Um, I think I think the biggest names. I think Alan Craigie from Canberra, who was second to Dylan last year, he's coming back down and he's in great shape. I follow him on Strava and he's doing some really consistent training and getting some great hills up there in Canberra. Um, there's another guy called Stu Gibson, originally from Scotland, who's actually based down here. He's an ultra runner. so yeah, I think he won six-foot yeah. track one year. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, so he'll run it. He'll be super strong. And then we've got a, we've got a whole stack of sort of uh, ex-Olympians and multi-sport champions down here as well, like there's uh, Ali Foot the rower who's doing it. He's in good shape. He's just done Hawaii Ironman, did that in around 10 hours, so he's in really good nick. Um, Todd Skipworth, former Olympic rower, I think he was. He's in great nick. He'll do it as well. And um, and Alex Hunt, a really quality multi-sport guy, he's... Um, he, he'll be he'll be running as well. I think he's over in Maui at the moment doing like an ex-terror world champ. So, yeah, look, it'll be really. There's no real massive standouts like they've had in previous years, but there's a really a really strong field. Yeah. Some tough guys too. Like that's oh, the whole really thing hard. when you're running up a mountain, isn't it? Like you can't just be a glamorous kind of 5k, 10k track guy or road runner and expect to be able to compete against those fellas. No, it gets pretty nasty. So yeah, those those guys all go really well, I think. Which would be, it's good for me. I mean, I, I'm not at that level um, this year, but it'll give me something to at least try to hang on to, perhaps for a little while, and and try to just um, just try to tough it out. You spoken to Julian about it? He knows two grand up for grabs. <laughs> Maybe we need to delay Jeez. putting this out. Uh, yeah, yeah. Can you can you put this out after the 18th? No, That'd no, really he'll good. he'll love that. He'll eat that for breakfast. He loves the hills. Oh. He loves he the hills be, and prize money. He'll, he'll be set. He, he would love it. I'm going to message him straight after this and be like, mate, get down there, take down he'll, all these adventure races. He's over WA doing an adventure race this weekend. Yeah, yeah, he'll probably bring the um, the running company van down. Yeah. Park it down there. I think that upset Kimbo a little bit because Running mm. Edge is one of the major sponsors. But Yeah, yeah, no, that wouldn't be a good idea. That's, uh, <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's exciting. So, yeah, so then you got to get on, some tr- on the track for some fives and stuff, and then... Yeah, well, I've never... I've raced one five in my life, which I did just before I moved home. So I did the Vic Country Vic Champs. Countries. Yeah, yep, so... It's Jamie uh, Cook that day, wasn't it, I reckon? Yeah, I that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he and I were swapping off laps, and, yeah, we had a we had a good little race. So it was good fun. I reckon it was the first contact I had with you, like, pretty much that week. I remember, like, hitting you up on Instagram... Yep. And then, uh, well, you hit me up, bagged me out because I didn't have a Strava like premium and account or something. And I reckon <laughs> I um, saw that photo of you and Jamie, and then like started talking from there. And it was interesting because Benny sent me a message during the week saying 
how well do you know Andy Allison? Like, that's all it said. And I'm just like, um, you know, when you write a message to someone, and then you're like, oh, no, I'll delete that. And then I was like, how well do I know Andy Allison? I'm like, well, I met him on the internet at the start of the year after telling kids for the last five years, don't pe- meet people on the internet. And I'm like, <laughs> but I've actually been in his house, and I talk to him, like, every single day pretty much on Messenger or Instagram or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah no, I think I know him pretty well. He's, he's a good guy. He's, like, a real good vegan athlete and knows his stuff about nutrition. And, um, yeah, it's kind of funny how those things happen because that was, like, the start of the year. It's insane what the podcast is um, – how many people it's brought me in touch with. Even Julian and Brad, I hardly knew those guys at the start of the year, and now we just talk shit to each other every day on um, this Facebook Messenger as well. It's it's a weird thing yep. how well you can form relationships these days. Yeah, Benny and I have been having some good chats this week, actually. Yeah, he's a good guy. You guys will get on really well together. We've got some uh, some interesting things we might be working on. Yeah. Well, that's when I when I wrote. Did he back tell you what he did? He tell you what he's in what he's thinking about? Only briefly, because when he when I wrote back, like saying, "Yeah, this is what I know about Andy and good bloke and this and that," and I was just like, "Oh, I better actually ask why does he want to know?" I was like, I wasn't sure if you were giving him a hard time on Strava or <laughs> like what. I was like, "Is this because he's happy with him or something happened here?" And he's like, "Cracked it," and I wasn't sure what was going on, but. Yeah, I um I got a bit of a bit of a brief on what he was thinking, and it would probably fit that because he's pretty much thinking about like the parlor gigs. Are you familiar with those ones? Well, he'd fill you in anyway. Yeah, he did. Yep, they're pretty cool. I went and watched him play one once. He was playing on, on the on the riverboat, didn't you say? Wasn't that? Yeah, that was the first yeah. time I'd seen him play. They had this like luxury houseboat kind of thing, which was like a you know floating um restaurant and stuff, and that was real cool. Um, but yeah, it's definitely something. Something that the culture of Hobart, only because I've only been there a couple of times, but when I was down there to visit you during the year, it just seems like a real good, similar vibe to Chuka, but just like 200 times better and bigger and a bit more happening, I suppose. But um, yeah, that vibe would definitely fit his music for sure. Oh, look, it'd be great, yeah, if we can if we can do what we're, we're, we're talking about doing. Yeah, I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Talk me through that move, because you, you went from Melbourne to Hobart because of that kind of culture, didn't you? We were talking about during the week, oh, you recommended that podcast to listen to about how important like culture is and surrounding yourself with the right people, and you said you found a massive difference when moving back? Oh, yeah, huge. I mean, was that was that the Dan Butner when he was on uh, Rich Roll? Was that the one that I told you about I when think, he, he yeah. was talking about culture? That's what yeah, started so the guy, that, yeah. Yeah, the guy who wrote the Blue Zone. So he was talking about how important it is to, well, like where you're living. Um, he found that the happiest people live on a street with trees on it, which I've got, um, uh, that you're surrounded by like-minded or similar sort of socioeconomic backgrounds to the people who live on your street. Um, if you're near water, it's another plus. Uh, you know, so all these really interesting things, all these things that we're all ticks here for Hobart that I didn't have in Melbourne you know I lived in a I lived in Northcote in Melbourne which is a really random suburb like it's got some really interesting things but it's got a real mix of people so um and yeah there was no there was no outlook there were no beautiful trees you know the just so many different things nowhere near the water um so yeah the lifestyle back here is just the balance of it is just so much better it was interesting how he said about bike lanes and stuff as well I listen to that same podcast like um, you know, streets that have bike lanes and easy access for people to commute on that aren't in cars really improves their happiness as well. 
Yeah, well, I've got what we've got out the front here now. We've got um, we've got a bike lane. Like my my little ride to work can be as quick as ten or eleven minutes, but I can take it and on a bike lane pretty much all the way down to the docks. You know where the run the bridge finishes, mm. and I just screwed up a couple of streets and I'm at work, and it's all pretty much just you know hardly any cars. There's a little a few cars on Sandy Bay Road for the first minute or two, but then I can go around the Battery Point and around the docks, and I just do it on my single speed. It's just a a really chilled way of getting to work and a nice little bit of cross training because it's pretty hilly around here as well and it's just a such a nicer start to the day rather than trying to fight traffic or or get on crowded public transport and and all that kind of stuff hustle and bustle oh totally yeah totally different life down here yeah. what other major differences did you notice um oh you've got more time so you you're not giving up your your quality time because everything's so much closer there's the population is a a lot smaller so um, i find that's a a really big benefit i love being near the water that's a that's a real bonus for me as well um it's much easier to to organize catch-ups with mates Uh, you know you don't have to in melbourne you used to have to plan so far ahead and and uh you know you'd have to work out if you're going to meet in one suburb, just work out how long it's going to take you to get there, what sort of transport you'd have to take, whereas here, you know, most people just drive or walk or get on their bike. It's a lot easier. Mm. It's an interesting thing, city life compared to country life, isn't it? And I reckon you've got the right mix in Hobart. Like, you've still got, you know, big stores and stuff, and you've still got, like, an athletics track that you can get to, and it's kind of like a perfect mix of still having all the things the big city has without the big city crazy hustle and bustle and time consuming get places yeah totally there's heaps of great cafes and bars and restaurants and there's just a a really great feel around the city now and we have regular cruises that come in now and you like i think i don't know there was one here when you were here but you as you you can see it from my window you can see when the cruise ship comes up the river and parks down at the docks there and it's just yeah a really nice vibe people have a little bit more time for you here as well um so, you know, you, you go to a shop and people are a little bit friendlier and that kind of thing. So just a really a really nice work-life balance, I think. And the tourist industry is, like, blown up massive too, hasn't it? Like, Airbnbs are, like, getting shut down. Was something going on with Airbnbs down there? Yeah, because um, so many... Too many? You're getting, yeah, too many. You're getting so many people that were uh, in buying investment properties in, in Hobart especially and just banging them straight up as Airbnbs and... It was just uh, pricing everybody out of the market. So, uh, you know, local local families and couples weren't able to, to buy houses in the suburbs that they wanted to because they were all turning into Airbnbs. Mm. So has the government, like, taxed it and stuff now? Yeah, I think they've changed the taxing system on it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah right. Hey, um, did the people you hang around change when you moved down there or similar people or just in a different location? Did the people that I hang around with here, yeah. are they different? Yeah, or different not? vibe? Um, no, look, the the runners that I'm back involved with, I, I hung out with a, before I left and I used to catch up with a number of those quite regularly in Melbourne because we, we all follow the footy and so they would come over and stay or we'd go to the footy together. I've also met some new people down here that I didn't know before that I've become close with over just in that short time that I've been back here as well, just similar interests and philosophies, I guess, as well. So that's been really good. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's get on to that um, Blue Zone stuff because you mentioned it before and that was one of the main reasons I wanted to have you back on because this book was out ages ago. I'm not sure what year it was published. I could probably... Uh, I think it was 2005 or something 2005, like that. 2005, yeah. It's been around for years and I'd never come across it, but 
I started hearing people mention it in different podcasts and on different blogs and kind of thought it was definitely one of the books that I needed to read. But pretty much the brief of it is that um, Dan Butler, how do you pronounce his name? I think it's Butner, isn't it? Butner. Yeah, um, Butner, that's yeah, it, yep. Yeah, he travelled around to pretty much the civilizations where people live the longest and like quality longest, not people just living to 100 and being in a wheelchair or on their deathbed since 80 kind of thing, but actually living high quality lives for a large chunk of time and not just kind of one or two off our whole communities where a whole lot of 100-year-olds are still contributing a bit and he kind of put a book together and it's broken up into different chapters where uh, the locations are broken up and, yeah, it kind of opened my eyes massively and it was one of those ones, I graduated year 12 in 2005, so that felt like ages ago and it was one of those books that I couldn't believe I hadn't read beforehand. Yeah, well, when you suggested it to me, I had no idea what it was about. I just, picked, I just, when you mentioned it, I ordered it in from the library, and it took me a, a couple of weeks to get to it because I had a few other ones that I was working through. But yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, and just the different zones that he talks about are just so worlds apart from each other as well, aren't they? Like he talks mm. about what is it, Okinawa, that the in Japan, is, yeah, yeah, like south of um, south of Japan. So it's like a, it's almost like a little group of Hawaiian islands off. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, um, I had to do a bit of Google the, mapping. Yeah, yeah, off the southern coast of Japan. So beautiful, temperate um, climate, uh, great for growing crops, and yeah, they're just a really different, um, a, a different way of life there. But when he talks about it, it's changing so much now. Like there's all these uh, centenarians that he calls them, the over hundreds, and they're all living such good lives still. And but the 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 people who are growing up now are all going the opposite way because the the islands have been inundated with fast food restaurants and and all that kind of thing. So the the young guys from like twenty and twenty five are all some of the most obese and sickest of all of Japan now. So it's such a contrast. Yeah, so yeah these hundred year olds look are, like they're fifty. Yeah. Yeah, and then you've got all these 20-year-olds who are going to be dying early and they're getting heart disease and cardiovascular disease and Type they're all diabetes. obese. And, yeah. yeah, it's such yeah, it's so interesting. Now, the, the town that I found the most interesting was the one that's in the United States. Yeah, the, um, the what was Seventh it, Seventh-day Adventist? Yeah. Yeah, in, in Los Angeles, which you wouldn't consider it being a, a blue zone like you wouldn't imagine there's a, a blue zone in there so but because of their lifestyle like um the majority of seventh day adventists are pretty much plant-based like they eat minimal uh minimal uh meats i think as well and 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 uh, dairy products they pretty much don't smoke they hardly drink um yeah, so there's, there's so many factors there that makes it so interesting. What but, about their big one, though, like their 24-hour Sabbath? So, like, obviously pretty ingrained into the Catholic lifestyle that Sunday is a day of rest and a day of community, and they wouldn't go on any, you know, electronics or distractions or work and really just have 24 hours just away from everything just to recharge themselves almost and then start their week again. Yeah, so I think their Sabbath in... Um, in LA was um, from Friday night to Saturday night, yeah, from like right, yeah. dusk, dusk Friday to to dusk Saturday or something like that. And where he discusses that, he talks about the connection between family and like-minded 
individuals mm. and how important that is on health and, and happiness. And that's in all the other blue zones. They talk about one of the main reasons these um, centenarians are living so long is because they, they still have so much purpose. Mm. They often nearly always live with their family. So they look after their, their grandkids as part of their everyday life and they have so much purpose in every day that they get up and they're doing something that is required of them every day and that he's saying that that is one of the most important parts of living a healthy, happy life is being valued and having a sense of purpose and that's why that 24-hour Sabbath that the Seventh-day Adventists have is uh, so important as well, just to spend time dedicated time every week to being around people that you have the same philosophies with so it doesn't have to be religion but you know spending spending a day you know t like what you're doing now like talking to people who have you know like-minded interests and and passions how important that is for for health and happiness yeah it's a strange one though isn't it because um i guess that this day and age where you've got so many distractions to have just mm. like this is what actually it's one of my favorite things about the podcast because it's probably why I dislike the Skype ones more than the face to face ones. But I, the face to face interviews I've conducted, like you're literally with someone for an hour or 90 minutes and it's just you and them and like a computer in the middle with a little audio thing going across just to show your recording still working. And you know, in this day and age, that hardly ever happens. Like your phone's in your pocket and vibrating or you've got to get somewhere else or you're thinking about what you've done this morning or what you've got to do this afternoon and you're just not really present. Um, so these guys like are nailing it, yeah, flat out. Yeah, that was something. That, yeah, I think that was the biggest part that I took away from it because so many of the other things that the Seventh-day Adventists do, um, I actually do anyway. So um, they talk about getting regular exercise um they, a bit moderate spending, wasn't it like all the all the exercise in all the blue zones wasn't like you're going out banging out 400 meter reps it was like you know you're doing your gardening exercise or you're doing that low intensity exercise to just be able to maintain rather than putting massive stress on your body yeah or the the shepherds in sardinia mm. like those those dudes were living what was it it was something crazy like seven to ten years on average longer than the mainland italian males and mm. you know because they were they had no they, no stress because their their life was spent uh shepherding their their flocks and things like that like literally and they would just walk for miles a day yeah they just they would out drink five uh, miles a day drink um heavily fortified uh red wine full of um flavonoids so yeah. that was that was good that's another conversation you and i've had a good for arteries yeah you're trying to give me wine, wine advice <laughs> yeah pro brady's struggling he sent me a saying he was struggling to to get the wine down and he sent me a picture of uh the bottle he was having a crack at and it was they used to just come in a bag, that style of wine that he was he was drinking. It's bottled now, but um, it used to just come in a bag in a box. So I'm glad you we're, told me that because Carly and I are both in the same boat. We've both been trying to like – we've got a few older friends and stuff who always drink red and you kind of – I don't know, you get a bit jealous and you want to be a part of the <laughs> part of the click a bit and like be able to have conversations. And I think we've faked it till we've made it a couple of times and pretending we know what we're talking about and – but that one was, um, you know, all my wine. We've got about 10 bottles of wine just in a little rack in our kitchen, and it's all from, like, winning fun runs. 
Yeah. Because I've just never drank it. Like I've got bottles that have like 2007 and stuff on it that I'm sure are terrible. But I'm just like, no, nah, no, nah, keep holding on to that, Carly. We're not drinking that one yet. It's going to be worth like hundreds of dollars sometimes. And I bet you they're all just junk. They probably are, yeah. So, uh, you've already got um, some good recommendations there, though. Yeah, so hopefully you get on those. That might help you get started. But Especially having yeah. two glasses a night like these guys in Sardinia. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. going back to those guys. So the, the reason the men were living longer than the women, which doesn't happen in many places anywhere in the world, and it was because they didn't have any stress. They would, they'd be out surveying their land and they would always take time to, to look over the beautiful scenery and look after their herd and they'd walk so they're getting good vigorous exercise every day and they're out in the fresh air and then they would drink i think they would eat some of the local pecorino cheese so they were talking about the goat's cheese mm. um, or goat's, goat's milk, milk yeah. had so many um good proteins in it for them as well which was helping um stave off cancers and then they were drinking the nice red wine which had extra flavonoids in it because of the um, topography of where it was grown and then the poor old wives are at home trying to manage the whole household and all the finances and they're all stressed to the max so they're not living as long but the the men are the men are living you know past 100 and still in in great nick yeah and they had like times where they'd just be social as well and just like chew the fat yeah. with their mates and ah uh, it's just yeah we're doing so many things wrong we're so like why don't i am in my life anyway like rushing around from one appointment to the next whereas having time yeah they were having like most of those blue zones that have two hours a night almost just gossip time especially with the um i think it was the females in costa rica i reckon it was and they just have this gossip time where the ladies will just get together and every afternoon at a certain time for two hours just talk trash about people in their neighborhood and have a chat and kind of help people out who are struggling or whatever you could go to them and ask for help and just that um de-stressing sharing your stuff with other people super important yeah, sharing so important, isn't it? I mm. mean, that's a, it's a good time to be talking about that being November or November, you know, especially guys, you know, um, need to be sharing and talking about what's going on in their lives as well. And so, like, looking at the week that you've had where you've, you know, you and I have tried to have this conversation about four or five times this week and it just hasn't worked for one reason or another, but you've been working full time again. Is that right? You've lost yeah. your Thursday off at the moment? Yeah, well, we spoke about it before we went on air, and I was just saying to you, like, um, yeah, because usually I don't work Thursdays, which is good, but I had a meeting to just go to over in Shepparton, so it wasn't a stressful day that I was in the classroom, but it just meant I didn't have those kind of six or seven hours to just do all that stuff that I just usually knock over so it doesn't become after school kind of stuff that I'm doing at five or six or seven o'clock at night and I just felt like well probably leading into that I went to a mate's 30th down in Geelong last weekend and it was probably one of those ones that I was like haven't seen this mate for a while do I go don't I go um ended up you know making the call and going down and kind of spent three and a half hours driving down and went out to the pub for a few hours and slept in a tent in his backyard and got stuff all asleep and drove home the next day and that banged me around because I'm just not used to um, kind of that kind of lifestyle, I guess, that party lifestyle. And, you know, I'm usually in bed at 9.30 every Saturday night and I usually get eight or nine hours sleep a night, not um, sleeping on some dodgy dodgy uh, air mattress in a tent of a backyard of a mate's place. So that was probably stitched me up leading into the week. And then because we kind of launched inside running and that was kind of a bit stressful trying to get a few things like the hosting for that podcast and the Facebook page created and just a few little... um 
dot the I, cross the T's kind of thing. And then, yeah, working full time and probably sit, stepping back into like a pretty decent training load as well. I'll probably hit 160K this week. It was just yeah. too much. And I said to you off here before we started, like I caught myself a couple of times where I'd just be going from one thing. And it might have just been like going from the photocopier at school back to my classroom. Then I'll sit back at my desk and just catch myself like missing a breath. And I'm just like, this isn't good. Like you're almost trying to put too much on your plate. And um, yeah, it's, and it's good having people to talk to. Like I'm... I think probably males often we put up this kind of mask and we make everything feel like it's it's good, but behind closed doors you you know you're really on your limit and you're not letting people know. So it's good to be able to talk to people and and catch yourself when you're in that situation as well and just know that you've bitten off more than you can chew and you've got to slow down sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because I think generally, you know, this week notwithstanding, I think you do. You are ticking most of those boxes where you are getting things right. Like, and you look at the, I've got the blue zones open here and they're talking about the secrets. And I think, you know, um, they talk about giving something back as well. Mm. Um, and I, I think you do that. You know, you volunteer at Parkrun, you're doing these podcasts, you know, for not just for yourself. I mean, there's a, there's probably part of it that's for yeah, yourself, I enjoy but there's it also, well, yeah. yeah, you enjoy it as well, but you're also giving a lot to so many of us listeners as well. So that's an important part of wellness and happiness is, you know, doing something for someone else um, for for no financial reward or anything like that. Um, eating more plants, I think you're, you know, you're, you're more of a plant-based diet now. I think that's probably helping you as well. Yeah. Did you, you see the crazy one about the water? Yeah, that was uh, written down here. It just adds years to your life. Um, What was it? And they can reduce that if you drank, they're saying five to six glasses of water for men, it's reducing the risk of fatal heart attack up to 70%. Yeah. Compared to those who drink considerably less. Yep. So when they did that first, they did that first massive study on them um, back, I don't know how long ago it was, but they're doing their second study on the Seventh Day Adventists now. They, they were talking to the government agencies saying, you know, we've just found that just by drinking five or six glasses of water, we're having this massive reduction in in cardiovascular disease and heart attacks, and the government didn't want to know about it. Yeah. And they're like, this could be that simple. Yeah. You know, trying to reduce uh, the health bill of um, of America, oh, stop imagine, drinking yeah, Coke and just drink more water. Yeah. All of a sudden, <laughs> you've got 70% less people checking into the hospitals. That's oh, strain man. on the healthcare system. Um, but they, they were like, no, don't want to know about it. So they're doing their second, um, their second big report, and they're hoping to get a bit more, a bit more traction this time around. I think. And that was the thing with this book. Like they were there for years, like really digging deep. Like this just wasn't. They went in and interviewed a few guys who are hundred. Like they really went pretty detailed into their research and had like National Geographic on board. And yeah, really, um, it's evidence based research for sure. It's not some fad that you just watching a documentary and hope it's okay oh no no it was hugely evidence-based and yeah it was a it was a massive um uh database that they were able to draw from back to all these ones though like they're all just chilled like one of them was like um well in the recommendations at the end how it's like your blue zones like they were like recommending yoga and meditation and like not doing too many things in your life and being too ambitious i actually read um have you read Percy Serity's book, um, Get Fit or Be Damned? 
No, I think I've um, read the a sample of it, but I don't think I've read the whole thing. Oh, hey, I'll I'll post it down here. Actually, Carly picked it up. I bought it a while ago. I found it at a secondhand bookstore, and it was a real good find. And she started reading it, and he's got a chapter on there, and it just talks about how males try to be too ambitious, and it just ends up um, just cooking them because they just that what was it they um, they oh, I'm trying to find the word, but pretty much like sacrifice their emotions because they're trying to be so ambitious and they just want to keep climbing the ladder and get paid more and do more of this and do more of that and get more money and all this kind of stuff. But every time you do that, you're just putting your emotional value down and down and down and kind of ignoring how you actually feel about things. And, um, yeah, he was on the money in, like, 1967 when he wrote this book. Yeah. I mean, this um, that sounds like something, a conversation you and I were having Friday, like when I responded to that really bleak photo that you put up at 5am or whatever of you going out for a run and I'd sent you a picture of me down at the docks walking, walking by yeah, a blue your sky. Day, your day will do up better than mine. But, you know, sometimes you need to have those days and, like, uh, sometimes people take the piss out of me at work because I don't work as as much as some other people but it's just about having balance in life and that's how it works for my wife and I that she's got a she's got a super busy job and we've both had times in our lives where we've both had super busy jobs and the balance just isn't right and so so you know like my day friday was was great i i I felt like my achilles was no good so i didn't run that day so i had a bit of a sleep in instead i got up i walked the dog i had something nice for breakfast i did some meditation i went for a walk i went and met my wife for lunch which i never do and you know just having that little bit of balance did a bit of cooking did a bit of baking and you know, I didn't make any money that day, but, you know, you're a lot richer for it, I think. And, you know, the, I think, yeah, we, we do get caught up with um, feeling like we need to have a certain role, but roles change all the time. And so, you know, I'm quite comfortable with, with where I'm at with that now, and I, I feel like the balance in my life is, is much better. But you've been there and learned from it too, haven't you? Like I remember when I was down in Hobart that first day I met you and you were telling me about – I think we walked into a place you opened up, like you're walk, working in hospitality yep. and you're like, I got this restaurant off the ground and we had a real bad deadline about it. We had to get it open by a certain date and it was stressful and you just, did you faint or something like at a dinner like or something like that? Um, yeah, pretty good memory. So we, I was setting up a, a, a new business for Tazsale, the salmon farmers. So next in conjunction with a restaurant that my mates were setting up. Um, and so I was setting up a brand new shop for them. They'd never had a shop front before. And so we were setting up, it was like a cooking school and a retail shop. And it was in a really high, pro- high profile area of, of Salamanca. And I'd been in hospitality. And so this was a totally new role for me, being a business manager for a, for a stock listed company. And, and I had a, I had a crazy boss from Melbourne who was just sending me, you know, 30 emails a day and on the phone to me and, just so much pressure and you know I got myself into a fairly bad place that was just before Lindsay and I got engaged I think so it would have been about uh, 2007 I think yeah and so I was yeah working big hours sort of 60 hour weeks and working you know most days and and uh, just getting really stressed out and really run down and Lindsay and I hadn't had a day off together for for quite a while I don't think and and um I think we were about to celebrate her birthday, so which has just happened about a week ago now. So we're probably talking ten years down the track. Mm. So we're sitting at home. This is we were back living in we were living in Hobart back then. 
we're sitting at home. I'm having a glass of champagne with Lindsay's mum. And then I said to her, I said, um, I can't, um, I can't feel my, my legs. And she just thought, I, I joke a bit, as you know. I, hmm. I'm Good sense of humour. Yeah. Bit of a sense of humour. And she just said, oh, whatever. Um, and then I said, I can't, I can't film, I can't move my arms. And like, and she would, that, then she started freaking out. And then next thing I know, I woke up and I'm in an ambulance. Oh, so, man. yeah, and, and I ended up in hospital. And, um, so you're like 27. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was 20, 20, 28, I would have been. Yeah, yeah. 28. And what I hadn't realized, because I'd been in this cocoon of work and stress and everything, I'd lost heaps of weight. I'd lost probably six or seven kilos. I looked at myself in the mirror the next day after I got out of hospital and I didn't recognize who it was. So I look like a skeleton. I mean, I'm pretty skinny now, but that's through, yeah. <laughs> through running fit skinny, miles, yeah. you know, fit skinny. Whereas then I was just skinny and it got to, I couldn't, um, I couldn't walk to the corner shop for yeah, weeks. Right. I, was, I was that sick and, and, um, I had a week or so off um, and then went back into work and um, my boss was down from Melbourne and he was like, oh, all right, so you've been a bit sick and I'm like, um, yep. And he's like, oh. so he, that day he decided to do a performance evaluation on me. <laughs> the last six months had gone and I just sat there and looked, stared at him and just wrote notes and just took everything he wrote down and just didn't answer him and then – and then I sent him uh, my resignation letter that night that and got it. it. And while I was doing that, while I was resigned, so I had a couple of weeks to give, I was sitting next door having a coffee at my mate's restaurant and he introduced me to a mate of his who had a cafe, uh, this great bloke called Steve, and um, they needed a guy to go and make coffee and help out. And he said, I was like, oh, okay, well, it's, I'll probably take a, a, a massive pay cut, but let's go try that. And so I, I went and did that and learned how to make coffee again and, and worked in a cafe. And Steve ended up being the MC at my wedding and we're still in, we're still in contact now and still mates now. And he just got me out of a, a big hole. And so, yeah, it's just about finding balance in life, isn't it? Yeah. And that money versus time thing, I was running with a mate last night. He was up in Armachuca. We just went for like an easy 30 minute run together, which was good. And we're kind of talking about how time, like you can't get it back. Like once you use your time, your time's done. Whereas money, you can always make more money, but you can never make more time. And that's like even when I dropped a day of work this year, people are like, oh, you know, you're realizing you're kind of throwing, you know, 300, 400 bucks away that you'd earn at the, um, in a in a day at work kind of thing over your over all your pay for that fortnight or for your for your week. Um, but I love my Thursdays now. Like that, I would pay to to just do that on a Thursday and be on my terms and do what I do and put the podcast out for free and all those little things because it just brings way more value to my life and I can make more money later on. And I don't know, like money, if you're spending it on rubbish, you need more money. But if you're pretty smart with your money, you don't actually need that much of it. No. Yeah, there's certainly a, there's certainly a limit to – or not a limit, but there's certainly a point where you – you don't you don't need any more and if you do have that better balance which um i think we have in our lives now we're, we're much happier for it mm. um and uh that that brings me to something else that we chatted about off air when i was at physio with um matt lancaster on friday he'd been on a phone hookup to athletics australia about um, injury prevention and their studies that they're showing at the moment is that to prevent injuries you need to be looking at things a lot more holistically. They're saying that 
the effect of stress and fatigue and energy levels, and they're finding a lot with elite and sub-elite. I'm not sure if Julian will allow me to use those categories or not, but when you're looking at those categories of, of male runners, that they're finding that a lot of them are going into energy deficit. Mm. That, not that they've got eating disorders or anything like that, but they're just not quite fueling correctly and they feel like they're okay, but they're not getting enough energy in to be able to perform and that's where they're breaking down. So they're saying that stress, energy levels and fatigue are, are such and sleep and getting good quality sleep and having good mindfulness techniques in place are so much more important than having the best program or hitting every single you know, rep in your session and things like that, that you need to be looking at these other things and that's where you're going to get the biggest gains. Yeah, it's all interesting, isn't it? And you're like... Like I know, I've had I've got to have a blood test Monday actually, just looking at my tracking my iron and testosterone, which I've had issues with in the past. But they can be, or well, not so much the iron, but the testosterone can be massively influenced by stress as well. And it's just kind of like when your, um, you know, your brain's activated or under the pump, how it affects the other performance hormones in your body is just so interesting as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, it's a different word. Do you reckon social media's got a bit to do with that? Like just, just what? distractions stress? and stress yeah. and you kind of, you think everyone's, I want to get you to your kind of thoughts on social media because you do social media really well, but looking at people's social media and it's, you know, it's a highlight reel. No one ever puts up their bad days and that's what that guy, did you hear him um, on that Steve Magnus podcast? He said if yep. he had one piece of advice for pro athletes, he was a, a college coach. He's like, just put up your crap days and put up the days where things don't go well. Because oh, that's what he wanted. That's what he wanted the professional yeah. athletes to do. He wanted, he wanted your Galen Rupps and people like that to Matt put Satchel up Matt Week and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, put up a session that sucked, or you know, put up a, put up a post saying that you really struggled today, or you you just weren't up for it, or you couldn't get out of bed because he's saying that all these kids are aspiring to these guys and just see them as perfect and they, they never struggle and they're thinking well why am i struggling to get out of bed to do my session today or you know so that's what he was saying yeah it was mike smith yeah he like, he's at georgia tech here yeah, yeah man if people haven't listened to him you need to have a listen to that podcast that's unbelievable they're um what is it on coaching with magnus and marcus yeah oh, just type guys. it in you'll get it pretty quick it was one of the last, yeah, those last guys, episodes to put out pretty amazing stuff yeah and they yeah. know their stuff like they know the science behind it as well but it brings me back to that point about social media and yeah. you know sometimes you can stress yourself because you think your life's not as good as other people's and you start looking at instagram stories you know when you're having a beautiful sunny day and i'm getting up at five <laughs> o'clock and i'm like oh. and the amount of stuff that's in your head like i was talking to a mate about this the other night like i've got friends on my facebook who i went to year you know year 12 with or uni with and haven't seen for three or four years but i see their posts that they're in bali and that's somewhere stored in my brain now whereas if they were to walk past me in the street i probably wouldn't stop and say g'day anymore but yet i know that they're in bali it just kind of i was just like what are we doing with all this information in our brain and it just must be a massive information overload i think yeah, it is. Yeah, I've got to catch myself sometimes where I, you know, you just keep scrolling. You, oh, you just keep scrolling. You just get lost in it. That's why I try to try to put it down when I can. And look, I, I don't I don't upload stories every day, and it's not because I'm having a bad day or something's not right. Sometimes I just need some time out from it. I don't need to get involved with it. And I find those days where I'm not posting things, I, I don't tend to look at the apps as much either. Mm. So I don't tend to 
to search out what everybody else is doing. I'm just happy with what I'm doing, and sometimes you just yeah, you just need some time out from it. But one of the one of the great things that I've put into place over the last couple of months is that Headspace app that um, you told me about a long time ago, and I remember you talking a while back that that was something you wanted to do more of, and that's something I've done every day now for over two months. I haven't missed a single day since I've started, and that's just such an important part of my day now to to take 10 to 15 to 20 minutes out of my day where I'm not looking at anything I'm not thinking about anything. It, uh, it's just given me some really great techniques to deal with yeah. everyday everyday stress and how to help me focus. And I'm doing some running stuff, something that helped with my, my – I'm sure it helped with my injury. Like I was talking to Matt, the physio, about it yesterday. I know it wasn't everything that helped me. That Like I did like a, a rehab pack, yeah. and it was about visualization techniques of trying to heal the area. And I said to him it wasn't about – the app that wasn't the only thing that helped me but it was it's a combo of of thinking positively using the headspace app good physio getting some extra rest eating well doing the gym like it all helps i think it all adds up yeah and i think that that app is amazing like i forked it you're paying for it now obviously if yeah, you've got those, it, yeah. but it's like it works out to nothing like it wouldn't even be a dollar a day or whatever it could be maybe two dollars a day something like that but um well oh, not worth a close it. Brady. Yeah. No, I bought, I bought yeah. a year's pack. No, so like a hundred bucks for a year bucks. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. even. Yeah, yeah. So so cheap a day, and um, yeah, you choose what you like. There's heaps of good like sports motivation packs in there. There's this little daily ones, and it's always got quotes of the day on there. The minute you log into the app, and have you watched a TED talk of that guy? No. We watched it at our school staff meeting on, um, oh. when was that, Wednesday. We had a girl from like the local health clinic come and do like a relaxation and meditation session with us, which was good because, it, um, as I was saying before, it was a pretty rough week and that was probably the highlight of my week, I reckon, just kind of sitting back and not doing much. And in the video, he pretty much says, you know, think back. If you don't meditate, think back to the last time in your life where you just did nothing for 10 minutes. So like not watching a movie, not on your phone, like – you know, not cleaning the car or not reading a book, like literally just nothing. And it's hard to do it if you don't meditate, like just sit there and do absolutely nothing and focus on your breathing and just go through the motions of, you know, being mindful. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's a massive part of my day now. I try to do it um, every morning before I go for a run. I've got this great little spot probably where you and Nick sat when yep. we were doing these recordings back in Hobart. I just look out at the the water to start with and the the trees and all that kind of stuff and I just sort of get immersed in it and it's just I feel so much better afterwards and I often do a little second one later in the day because I had those little moments Mm. you know where it just might be two or three minutes but you'd be surprised at just switching off for three minutes and and concentrating on your breathing for a couple of minutes how much better it makes you feel and and uh I've been trying to get my wife to (laughs) to do it not very successfully so far she's a pretty busy lady and and likes to be busy, so I'm, I've been trying to infiltrate a couple. You know, maybe at night time, there's some really good sleeping ones there mm. as well. But um, I haven't quite got her into the habit of it yet. Yeah, it's definitely a thing. And in this TED talk, he also speaks about how um, we spend so much time on our body. Like we go into so much research about what we eat. Well, hopefully we do. Like what we put into our body, what weights to lift. Um, you know, how far to run, how far to run hard, like break it down and look at heart rate data. We um, we focus on our clothing and how we look for other people and how our hair styled, but our brain, like some people do absolutely nothing to develop their brain at all. 
Yeah, I know. And uh, it's, it's, God, we're so untapped as well, isn't it? You know, the potential of our, of our brains as well. And so that's what's so great about these. There's so many packs in there that you can learn so many new tools. And I'm finding they're, they're helping me in everyday life. I'm feeling more, more relaxed and more content and, and happy. And I, I'm, it, it can't be, it's not a coincidence. I don't believe that. I've, I believe in it too much now. How good's that? And did you do that starter pack when you're like, is it take 10? You just do 10 days, 10 minutes a day for 10 days, and it's kind of yep. like introduce you into it. And, and those animations they, yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff, yeah. And how they talk about how your mind's pretty much like a car. Like, sorry, your thoughts are like cars going past your mind. The traffic. Yeah, and you're like, you choose which one of those cars you pretty much jump into and which thought you go with. And it's just, like, I'm always just thinking, is that just a thought? You can just let that go. You don't have to sit in that car and go driving with it. Like, you just, it's um, got some really good little analogies and cartoons that help you just relate to it in daily life all the time. Yeah, and I have the um, alerts set up as well. So they, they flash up on my on my watch face every every couple of hours, just a little thought. And sometimes that can be enough just to trigger your your mind or something just to just to take a moment to to think about something else and just relax and take a breath. So, yeah, I find it's a really great app. If um, if anybody feels like they need something else, um, yeah, I, I definitely recommend it. I think it's great value. Yeah, for sure. I've got to get back into it. I'm, I'm patchy. Like, that was my big New Year's resolution, like to meditate every day, and I was good up to about August, and then I just started losing the ball, got back on when I was over in Europe, and now I've just come back and hit the ground running a bit and probably need to just – because 10 minutes, like, far out. It's oh, not it's hard nothing. to find 10 minutes in a day. I have a reminder set up on my calendar and on my oh, phone, repeating every day. I spend so. 30 minutes on Strava every day, I reckon, like, over, like, 31-minute blocks of unlocking the app, scrolling through, checking people's comments, like, yeah. We've all got time, haven't we? There's another good app. Talking about apps, I haven't downloaded it yet. Well, I downloaded and had a play, but then I swapped phones, but I haven't gotten on this new one. But um, Moments, have you heard of that app? Huh. It's uh, the Minimalist Guys. I heard them talking about it, and it tracks how long you spend on each app. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so it gives you a bit of a recount at the end of the day saying, did you know you spent 37 on thirty-seven minutes on Facebook, 25 on Strava, da-da-da, like, and it gives you, you know, this um, total time. And it just, you know, how many times you just pull out your phone and just go, oh, yeah, I'm just waiting in the line here, I'll just check this, or just got out of your car, so you just check this, and it's, yeah, it'd be crazy to actually document that over a day and a week and a month and spend how many minutes you lose doing that stuff when you could be meditating or doing push-ups or strength yeah, work way, or whatever. Yeah, way too long, yeah. Scary stuff. But do you have, like, restrictions around it yourself, like social media and that? Do I restrict myself? Yeah, like do you... I try not to look at it late at night. Yeah. I try to, uh, I try to turn it off sometimes. I mean, my main ones, I mean, I've always got a lot of chats, group chats going on Messenger, and so I sort of see that differently because I, I find that's more like interactions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's healthy, you know, because I've got a lot of group uh, group guys on there that I think it's important that we we chat and we're, you know, sometimes it might just be, or a lot of the time it's just taking the piss out of each other, but I mm. think that's healthy. And so I don't count that as social media. It's just that the, the phone is different to what it used to be. It's not, I, I don't find that as... It's like a, a social media application because it's just like... Uh, well, it's just like discussing. text messaging, isn't it? Yeah. Like it's the old like text that's... message kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of... That's where I spend more of my time. Like I reckon Messenger would be um, would be quite heavy. And then, yeah, I try to stay away from Instagram and Facebook at night time and, and um, I might check in on 
on Strava if somebody's tagged me in something or commented on something. But yeah, yeah, I, I, I geez, I wish, I wish I wasn't on it as much as I am. So it's certainly something I need to work on as well. Mm, I, I reckon going forward, I'm going to try to block it, like not block people, block, um, just block the time. Like, go, all right, this is you got half an hour now, and then you're not going to go on it for yep. 35 minutes. Like, not so much the messenger stuff, because that stuff kind of is instant going through. People actually need to get in contact to you, with you that way, and they're not going to, you know, ring you or text message you like they used to. So maybe not messenger, but, um, you know, just open an Instagram and check. And I try not to follow too many people on Instagram just because I don't want too much stuff in my head. And, um, yeah, my partner Carly, she actually went through and blocked everyone on Facebook other than five people. So she was still friends with them. But it was yep. just like, I only want to see five people's, um, you know, statuses kind of thing, which, like, she cut me off. I was a bit pissed off. But, um, yeah, I thought <laughs> there was, yeah, something something in that, yeah. And there was a study. Have you read the book Tribes? Um, I haven't read it yet, but I keep hearing people talking about it. It'd be the next book that I read. They talk about um, how chimps only live in Sebastian Junger. Um Rich Roll spoken about a couple of times, and um, Joe Rogan spoken about a couple of times. But they talk about how chimps only live in packs of like sixty-five. This is paraphrasing. Don't quote me on this stuff. Yeah. But um, they live in packs of sixty-five, and then once they get over sixty-five, they make a new tribe, just because they don't want to have that can't survive their tribe if it gets too big, no. and that interaction between too many people. Um, yeah, it's really kind of um, interesting and hearing that. So I try to limit my reason I only follow, I think I follow 65 people on Instagram just because I'm like, okay, I can't have that much information coming at me. Otherwise, it's going to, um, I don't know, I just don't know where that goes and why I need it in my brain. So maybe I should do that on Facebook as well. Probably not a bad idea. Uh, Look, one of, the other, one of the other steps that I took was like um, – with the, my watch that I wear, my Garmin is a smartwatch, and so you get alerts like oh. all the time. I've turned that off now. So Mate, can you remember that podcast we first did? Your watch is yeah. vibrating every like two minutes. Yeah. So that happens still, but now I I have it on, I have it on silent, so I don't unless I'm looking at a watch at the exact moment that it comes in, I don't see it. And I find that's that's helped a bit by not trying to feel like I need to reach for my phone every time it. You know, a message comes through or a notification comes through. So I think that's helped. That's been a good step to to try to limit my uh, my social media. Um, uh, yeah, so. Well, even today, like when I messaged you about, you know, we'll go for 8 p.m. kind of thing, we went down the street and I just left, like, just left the phone at home. I'm just like, you know, no one's going to need me for the next three hours. We're kind of out for three hours and just because I knew I would have pulled it out and just checked if it vibrated or just taken an Instagram story of where we we're sitting down the river, which I didn't really need to. And, and you kind of go to, you start thinking, why am I doing this? Like, what's your, what's your reason why you're putting this video up? Is it to make yourself feel better or make other people feel less? Or who are you trying to impress? It's kind of a, I don't know, deep and kind of meaningful conversation you have with yourself. Yeah, look, I, I go through that as well, Brady. I'm uh, like, when I go for these like ride homes, like I've posted a couple of videos of my ride home and, you know, and I've been riding along on other days and it's been beautiful. I'm near the water and I'm thinking, oh, I should get my phone out and maybe show some people that this is what I'm doing. It's like, I don't need to share that, to be honest, you know. Yeah. I'll just leave my phone in my backpack because in order to get that shot, I'm going to have to stop, get my backpack off, get my phone out, ride illegally with a phone on. <laughs> You know, just to, show, minutes, yeah. just to show somebody a 10-second video of, 
where I live and what I'm doing, whereas I know where I live and I know what it looks like and how, how good it makes me feel. And it's like, well, I'll just keep that for myself. Mm. I've been there since we launched like Inside Running this week as well. We've just had a couple of emails come in about, you know, suggestions, maybe you should do this or, you know, little kind of bits of constructive criticism, I'll call them. Like, um, and they're good and it's really good that we've got that um, – probably that ownership and that relationship with our audience that they feel that they can approach us and suggest things for the show. I think that listener engagement's really good, but we often, and the boys, and it's good with this new podcast because it's not just me. So, And that was one of the reasons why I wanted to, because we'd spoken about doing it on Tell Me Your Tales before, before we launched Road to Berlin. Remember I hit your message on like, there yep. might be something in like just talking running content and just banter and then Road to Berlin and then that that led to this and um but we kind of taking criticisms really even when it's constructive um it's really interesting how your brain kind of deals with it and how you know even the ratings on tell me your task we got like i've got 55 five star reviews one four star but then i've got one two star and i remember checking that and i was just so angry because they didn't leave a comment so they just went and went two stars submit that <laughs> so i'm like oh, i'm more than happy if you tell me what i'm doing wrong why you gave me a two star i would be you know i'd be okay with that but because they didn't i was so annoyed and here i am like just scrolling through 55 amazing comments from amazing people kind of saying how much this podcast means to them but here i am just dwelling on this one comment because it's negative and um yeah, it's funny how the brain just goes straight to that negative and just, like, I'm still, t- it was like two weeks ago and I'm still talking about it now. Um, yeah, it's a strange little strange little thing the way uh, social media can just tick you off like that. So what are you going to do about it? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking about, well, I was thinking about, but what I was thinking about, st- stupidest thing, I was thinking about screenshotting it and putting it on, like, the Facebook page, saying, like, <laughs> or, like, getting on my big high horse about, you know, if you like the show, you know, give me some more fives. Look at this guy. He's giving me a two. I don't mind getting twos as long as you give me some feedback and let me know why it was a two. Because I just know. Is, like, is it about the lack of feedback or is it the fact that you got a two star? I mean, what is it? Yeah, well, that's back to it. I'm like, I'm just, I was talking to Carly. I'm just like, why am I even checking this stuff? Like, it's good when it's good, but really, doesn't change anything. it doesn't. Like, I'm still going to do the show the same way. Like, someone might have, give me a hard time going, oh, you got Andy Allison on again. You had Brad on last week. You had Julian the week before. Maybe you should get some new guests kind of things. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, it's kind of my show. And, um, you know, I hope it brings value to people's life. But it's for it's for the people, not so much for one or two individuals out there. So now even with that, I'm like, because I'd get on my reviews. Like, sometimes I'd get up in the toilet like go to the toilet before I run at like six o'clock in the morning and I'd be like, right, I just need to get on the phone roll for five minutes before I get out the door. And I'd open my phone and check if I've had any new reviews in the last like 12 hours. And I'm just like, this is not healthy getting on this stuff. So now I think I'm just going to go, look, every Sunday night or whatever, I'll spend two minutes checking the reviews rather than just doing it patchy across the week. It's a good Um, idea. Yeah, and it's good. And I probably think I wear my heart more on my sleeve with um, the Tell Me Your Tales one, and it's good with the inside running one. So if someone bags us out, they're kind of bagging three of us out, not just me on this other one. So it's um, yeah, you can spread yeah. the spread the load. So send Talking that to about two stars. So that interesting conversation that I had with my barber on Wednesday, right? Mm. So we we're talking about this new hair salon that my wife's gone to, and um, somebody had rated like I had all these five star reviews um, on the uh, the hairdressers uh, Facebook site. And there was a two-star review. 
Mm. And like all of them were five stars except for this two star. And there was a comment with it, and it was this. There was this old duck saying, she would have been about seventy, saying, "Oh, the the ladies were absolutely lovely. I had such a lovely time, and the price was great. I'll definitely be back. Two stars. <laughs> That's just a stitch up, yeah. No, she just got it wrong. She's she got it wrong. Yeah. Just hit the just hit the wrong You'd hit be the wrong number. When that happens, yeah. <laughs> And like the the hairdresser commented back, oh, just saying, oh, you know, so happy that you that you came along and enjoyed your experience, and didn't even bother pulling her up on the fact that you've ripped me off three stars and you've brought my overall review <laughs> review down. So it's just how you deal with it, isn't it? It is, and what I've learned as well, like, because I think I'm a bit of an introvert more than like, although you're kind of on a podcast and you're banging on and sending it out to couple thousand people every week i tend to be a bit more of a you know guy in routine and i kind of don't get social anxiety or anything but i kind of like being in my comfort zone and being around people i know and even like approaching new guests like i get nervous like emailing someone i've never met before saying will they come on the show that's why i'd rather talk to um well i'm much more comfortable talking not that i'd rather talk to them but yeah much more chilled out talking to guys like you and brad and julian uh each week but it's funny i um i had to catch myself and just put just not ignore other people's opinions, but just have about five people that really their opinions are that inner circle. And mm. then, so if those five people, and you're one of them, because I message you all the time, ask for your feedback on stuff. If those five people are telling me the same thing, that's when you address it. Not the one guy who lives in, you know, I don't know, Ireland and emails you saying that you talk for too long on the introductions before you introduce the guest. Like, you know, those kind of things. And I had to really check myself and just be, okay, if Andy's telling me that, then I make a change. Or if Benny's telling me that, or if Carly's telling me that, that's when you start making a change, not off the one person you've never met before who might have listened to, you know, three shows out of, you know, 60. So it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting Yeah, you've got, you got to have filters up and, you know, you've got, to, you've got to have boundaries as well, I guess, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You can't be responding to everybody, and you can't be pleasing anybody. Everybody, as it is, I mean, you're you're pleasing a lot, and if people don't like it, then they won't keep listening. I guess so. And that's the thing with podcasts, interesting because they're free. Like it's like Julian and I had this conversation last night about trying to plan a bit more for inside running and what direction and um, the gender kind of balance. That's one thing we're really playing with at the moment, and I've spoken about it in the past trying to get way more female guests on just to do that gender balance but then you're like well we're not working for athletics australia here and it's probably we're doing this off our own backs three guys who are working kind of putting a podcast together is it our responsibility to be providing a level playing field of male female guests and do we need to rotate it every single week or is that you know someone if athletics australia are providing a podcast maybe that's where they go look we need to have this balance there but how important is that for us to also do I guess you're reaching out to people that you have had connections with and you've had more connections with with guys, I guess. Cause yeah, you, I'm scared you race, you're, yeah. <laughs> And you race against guys. Yeah. And you have, ban- like, the, I think the banter kind of thing in our podcast is something pretty genuine yep. and those jokes yep. and um, you can kind of have those conversations where you're yeah, having a bit of a punt at each other and you, then you've got to race each other and kind of finish it on the road somewhere. So, yeah, that's neat. And it's kind of difficult to have genuine conversations with people that you may have never met before or don't have that rapport or haven't been in a race with 10 times before as well. So, um, 
yeah, we almost need a female version of our show to come out and, and cover the girls. Not that I don't think they're all amazing, especially Australian marathoners at the moment. They're smashing everything out of the park. Oh, you're going you're gonna to have a catch-up with um, Viv and Bree? Yeah, wow, we're working on that. We, uh, a couple of people have asked me about that. I've got to, got to get that sorted. Viv's actually down in Melbourne this week. You know how she's, did you know she's really into like, fashions on the field and stuff? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's like one, a big one before. Like, you know, oh, that's right. Yeah, like I remember her and, and stuff. her and Brad got a trip somewhere, didn't yeah, they? Once? They went to Thailand or something, and yeah, she's won some real big ones. So she was at, was it Derby Day today? Yeah, I think But so. I think she didn't, yeah, she wasn't, oh, Brad said she wasn't happy, didn't, maybe I shouldn't say that, but uh, yeah, she didn't make it past the second <laughs> round, might have to, no, Viv would be happy hearing that, um, didn't make it past the second round, but then she's in Melbourne all week, so I think she'll go again on Melbourne Cup on Tuesday, and then, is it Oaks Day? I don't know, I don't know enough about the races to, to um Yeah, I'm to not a big fan, so I don't really get into it. I did send a... Um, picture oh, we've got the achuka races up here on tuesday so i did get in my suit today and sent a picture to brad just asking if he could get some advice from viv for me so um it's always good to look slick at the races have you got a pocket square that's your main thing yes i've got a pocket square i bought my i bought this suit over in madrid actually so and my hat i bought i don't know if i'll wear the hat yet but um yeah i brought that and send me a picture of it i'll let you know yeah well brad was complaining the lighting was no good so i need to take another one that's good. We have like a Chuka races on Melbourne Cup Day and the Moama Bowling Club has like this marquee and stuff and it's, yeah, it's like a live band in there and they give you like bets when you walk in and like... Um, you have the, you've got the day off, the schools are closed? Yeah, but I've got to go to work the next day. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah. It's all like free drinks and free food and they give you a present when you leave and drive you home and stuff. You feel like this real big oh. VIP just in like the, at the country races. That's real cool. So um, that should be good. Anyway, mate, this is probably this is probably where we cut it when we start talking about um, Achuka races and dress, <laughs> dressing up in suits and comparing outfits for the day. Thanks for the chat again. I think we nailed. I've got a few notes here, but I think we kind of got through it all. We'll yeah, be good. Hey, give the listeners something to go home with. What one podcast to listen to or one book to read? We've kind of spoken about the blue zones. Trying to um, you know, just give them one thing. What do you reckon? Well, I think that um, if they're into running, they've Got to, got to get into that Magnus and Marcus on coaching, and especially the interview with uh, Mike Smith. That guy is an absolute guru. And one thing that he takes out that I took from that conversation was for any young coaches out there or people who have groups or are looking at going down that track, he uses social media in a way that he gets them all to write in that journal. Did you Google remember Docs, him talking? Yeah, Google Docs. So do you use Google Docs? Was, no, I don't. Uh, so we what use you... it for the, for the Inside Running podcast. It's good. It's just like a live document and you just get on there yeah. and you kind of chat. But you know how like Facebook Messenger just ends up like a million things up yeah. and you've got to scroll up? This is all just live on a, on a Microsoft Word kind of document. All right. So what he was doing was he was finding that a lot of his kids like maybe face-to-face weren't able to tell him what's, what's going on in their lives. But what he would have, he would have this um, after every session, they would – send back um, an online feedback form of how they were and that's where he, he was finding he was getting the, the best responses out of these guys. They were able to be more honest because I guess it's more what the younger generation are used to, uh, you know, that's how they, they're used to communicating. And so they were able to open up and he was able to learn so much more about them as people and athletes and, and deal with any issues or um you know, depression or anything that they had going on, he was able to deal with it. So, yeah, and they've got a book. Um, 
I've only got the sample so far called Peak Performance. So if they want to look at a book, have you read Peak Performance yet? I haven't. Josh Harris read it when he was over in London, and yeah. um, someone else read it as well. Oh, Zach and Newman, another mate in Melbourne. Yeah, he, uh, he also read it. So that's Steve Magnus. That's like the scientist of the group. And there's also um, uh, Jonathan Marcus, who's more like the philosopher of the two coaches. But yeah, they they are so passionate and so knowledgeable. And yeah, I'd highly recommend. Uh, if they're looking for another one, they go for about an hour or so. But yeah, full of some really amazing content. Mm. What what other books you been reading? What are you got on the bedside table at the moment? Um, I've just finished. You, you just um, discovered the library not so long ago, haven't you? I've got the library. Yeah, card. yeah, got my first library card for about twenty years. How good so is it? You just ordering books from all over the state. So good, yeah. I've got I've got heaps. What else did I read? Oh, the um the chimp paradox that you yeah, yeah, yeah. got me on to. Did you um, like that? Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Yeah, I've had a look at him on a few um, YouTube videos as well. It's quite interesting. He was working with some pretty successful athletes and got them to do some pretty cool stuff. So I think there's something to it. He's gone a bit quiet the last couple of years. I haven't heard much of him for a while. Yeah, I don't know. Um, The other one I've just finished is Seven Types of Ambiguity by an Aussie writer, um, Elliot Perlman. I've read it about three or four times, but it's probably the best book I've ever read and so it's seven. It's it's all the one story, and there's pretty much seven chapters, uh, seven main chapters. So, written from the perspective of seven different people and the ambiguity around what's happened in all their lives. It's really interesting, and it's what I always find fascinating with a really good book is I always, nearly always forget how the last chapter goes. <laughs> and I found that again. I finished it last night, and I was just like, I totally didn't remember that again. And so I think that's a sign of a really good book. But yeah, I've got a couple of other ones on the go. One called The Vegetarian, which I've found really, really hard to get into at the moment. Actually, I think it's a Japanese book, and it's really confronting. It's a it's it's a novel. Like it's not a um, it's not a nonfiction book or anything like that. But it's um, yeah, I'm finding it really hard to to get through at night time at the moment. I think it might be another holiday book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I um, just got delivered this week Bill Rogers and Frank Shorter's book. After Julian spoke about those on his... Uh, yeah. on his And Sapiens. Have you read Sapiens? Brief History of Mankind. I might write that one down too. I haven't... Um, I haven't this, is, uh, this will be summer holidays for me. And George Orwell, 1984, that classic. You oh. read that? Oh, I used to read that as a, I read that as a young kid and used to give me nightmares. Like I read because I I was a pretty a pretty vociferous reader when I was younger, so I would have been about ten or twelve when I read that for the first time, and it gave me some serious nightmares. Yeah, right. It just came like it's one of those things that I think I watched that um, Icarus Icarus documentary on the Russians. Have you seen that on Netflix? Icarus, yeah. Yeah, geez, that's pretty full on that. Makes you wonder about a lot of things. Um, and they kind of base the whole documentary kind of on that theme. And then pretty, I'd never heard of it before. Pretty naive, never heard hearing about this classy book. And then I reckon every bookshop I went to an airport in Europe, it was just like front and center. Um, and then I was just like, okay. And then I went to Melbourne with Benny and Benny's like, oh, have you read this book? I've been reading it lately and pulled it out. And I was like, oh, this book just keeps coming into my life. So I've just got to buy it and have a crack at it. Oh, no, it's excellent. Mm. Yeah. Has it kind of like a bit of a, Revive though, like sure, didn't it come out years ago? Yeah, but didn't Obviously, um, you read it when you were twelve. It's been around. For, yeah, it's been know. out for a long, long time. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Fifty-four. Yeah, there you go. Why is it yeah, not that old? Yeah, why are they all selling it at bookshops and stuff all of a sudden? Well, I guess it's I guess it's relative. 
yeah. I guess it's relative Isn't it to how like Big Brother kind of like yeah, it's relative to how life is going now. He's he's, pre- he's picked the future. Oh, well, they always thought that. Yeah. Mm. Right, yeah, mate. Thanks for your time. Good work. Had a pleasure. We'll good get, chat to you, we'll get you on again. It's always good. I love these kind of shows where you just um yeah. I, I want to keep going. Well, I've actually got a new microphone this week, so I want to do more like face to face ones and. I want to crack the first two-hour show. That's my that's my goal. Just do have a, I couple, need to get over have a couple of beers. Yeah, yeah, come up, come up. You got to come over. We want to do like a training camp or something. We're talking to oh, about the other awesome. day. So yeah, just watch this space. Be good to get us all in one spot. What's the long run tomorrow? Um, I in between probably one fifty and two hours. So um, it's been a, it's been an interesting week. Kind of first full week back. Um, we're actually doing things different. Now, every build-up I've had after the spring marathons in the past, I've ended up injured and missed the autumn marathon. So I pulled out of Lake BY the last two years after entering. Never had booked flights and stuff because I just was a bit... I almost knew I was never going to run early out um, because I just got into things too soon. And then it would I'd get to December and I ran Steigen after Melbourne, which was a good turnaround and ran like 30.25. And then I thought, oh, that's good signs, like uh, off the back of Steigen. Um, took Julian down that day pretty easy. Actually, he was prime for 10K, didn't run Melbourne Marathon and smashed him, so that was good to get a win over him. Hopefully the same thing can happen this year. But um, we've just taken it. So instead of doing full sessions, we're building the sessions. So in the past, I might have done like a monofartlek or a quarters or, um, you know, like a 3 by 3 k And you know when you're just not ready and the last quarter of those sessions are just terrible? And you just stay out there and you just get it done because it kind of gives you a yardstick to improve on the weeks later. Um, And then the kind of progression comes slowly. Whereas this time around, we've gone with, like my quarter session on Thursday was only half the quarters, but I hit 68s and floated in 39 for the 200. So it was really good doing four quality 400s with a a short float recovery. Um, And you come off that having confidence rather than blowing to pieces for the last three and running 75s and floating in 45. So, um, yeah, and we're in no rush. Like, I think I've got seven weeks till Steigen, maybe seven weeks today. Um, So all I've got to – like, if I can get that session from four to five next week and then seven in three weeks' time, and, yeah, if I can do that quarter session and – you know, break fourteen twenty kind of for the whole session. I know I'm in good five k shape, and hopefully that translates. And just listen to the heart rate and just go on slow. I reckon there's a bit in it. Absolutely, yeah. What do you got tomorrow? Twenty eight k. Twenty eight. Yeah. That'd be two hours. Yeah, we're cramming. Just trying to get a, just trying to build a really good base. Yeah. Um, and you know, because yeah, Point Pinnacle will come around too quick for me to be competitive. But trying to get a really good base in and just time on, time on feet. Like it'll be really cruisy. Uh, it'll be with the the group of boys for about twenty k's, twenty four k's, and the last little bit solo. But it'll be good. It'll be good banter. It'll be over the the hills and some trails, and it'll be done pretty gentle. So it'll be it'll be a nice couple of hours. You got to go on heart rate and stuff, or just just go and feel. Just on feel. Just yeah. just it'll be. They'll be. Um, yeah, that way it'll be pretty slow. It'll be pretty gentle. It'll be good. We're all we're all pretty in sync with each other. We all uh, know how to get it done now, so it'll be good. It'll be good fun. Look no, forward to knocking it. it over early. Be fresh in the morning. Seven, yeah, seven thirty. Yeah, we well, start. We're going out seven thirty as well, which should be good. Good yeah. time to go seven thirty. Don't have to get up yeah. that early, and you're still you're still home at kind of nine thirty. Yeah, that's right. It'll be good. Looking forward to it. All right, mate. Thanks for the chat again. Where can people follow you on Instagram? See, we've just spoken about like. 
how, um, <laughs> how we shouldn't have too many followers and like be be obsessed with it. But yeah, give us your handles if people want to keep in touch with you. Scrum, well, I'm nearly, I'm nearly up to a thousand on Instagram now. I've Ooh. picked up a few this week after the big moose finally finally uh, followed me back this week after. Jeez, I don't know how long I've been following that guy for, but yeah, I'm back on with him. He um, doesn't do much on it. I don't follow him on Instagram, but he doesn't do he much. Put he put up some shocking shoes the other day, which he was pretty proud of. But um, yeah, we had a bit of a Instagram fight about that. Um, the Edge Runner, all one word, is me. At um, that's me on Instagram. Um, I'm on Twitter, but I don't do anything on there. I just sort of follow that for news and yeah. Andy Allison on Facebook, if they want to hit me up or have a chat on Messenger, which a few people do, which was really good. I'm always happy to answer any questions about nutrition or plant-based life and things like that. So, yeah, good. Strava? Did you mention Strava? Yeah, I'm on Strava, yeah. Yeah, you're good on um, Strava. Andy Allison, I think. I think it's just, yeah, standard. Look up for me there in Hobart. Oh, those shoes are ugly. I'm just on his Instagram now. Are they oh, nice? They yeah, they're hideous. What are they, like night casual shoes? I reckon, uh, what did he, if you have a look at the comments there, he reckons I'm, I'm just not up with the latest fashions or something like that, but, yeah. When the yeah, girlfriend not. buys a present and nails it, yeah. He's changed a bit, hasn't he? He has. He's only got 390 followers, but he gets like 100 likes. He's like, he's going pretty good ratios here. Cash for comment, I think. Yeah, he must be doing something, something dodgy. Got the paid bots onto it, I reckon. Ten years of grind all made worthwhile with a very special September morning in Berlin. <laughs> I haven't seen that. And there's a picture of him like grinding out the last like fifty meters of Berlin. It's a good picture actually. He looks I've not seen I've not seen that. I might go give that a like. Nine hours ago. Yeah. Oh, it's only a fresh one. Is that... As we're we're talking about how we should be off <laughs> social media and now we're now it's going. Yeah, about... Oh, look at him. Yeah. There he is. Yeah, the a lot of gold on his kit, hasn't he? A lot of gold. Can't bag him out, though. He had a good run that day. Had a good run. Um, he has been real good, though. Yeah, he's good. What about the leg tat? I haven't seen much of that leg tat before. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I must ask him what that's all about. Right, uh, this is not good for the listeners. Us talking about right. a picture. See ya, mate. Good luck with the long See the Benny Walker music. See ya. Yeah, hit it now. Bye. See ya. Yeah. <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started